Welcome to Inside Dance, a podcast that celebrates the Bates Dance Festival artists and teachers. I'm your host, Lindsay LaPointe. This episode features Jennifer Nugent, who will be returning to the Bates Dance Festival this summer teaching modern technique. Listen until the end to find out more. Jennifer Nugent danced with the Bill T. Jones Arnie Zane Company from 2009 to 2014 and David Dorfman Dance from 1999 to 2007, receiving a New York Dance and Performance Award Bessie for her work in the company. She is currently a teaching artist at Sarah Lawrence College, Gibney Dance NYC, and Movement Research NYC. This interview was recorded in 2014 when she was last at the festival. My beginning training from eight until I was about 19 was tap and jazz and acrobatics. So, um, which, like I'm so lucky I took all those classes. Um, And they really still inform the way I move and teach, especially rhythmically. Um, And, uh, you know, I was a showgirl for many years. And even after I met modern dance, I still did commercial work for another 10 years. Um, but uh, I had great, great jazz teachers and tap teachers who really taught the technique of um, formal jazz and tap training. Um, my mentors were, were Linda Rogers Albritton, Ron Daniels, and Beatrice Laverne, who taught me Luigi technique. Um, and I, uh, Frederick Bratcher from Miami, Florida. Um, and I got certified in jazz levels one and two and tap levels one and two. We had to learn, you know, how to speak musically and there was a series of steps you had to know. So I feel like even when I'm teaching now, we still do riffs and cramp rolls, you know, as a way to um, find our weight in the, in the body. And I feel like rhythm is a big, very important um, teaching tool for me and important to me as a dancer and how I speak as a mover, um, which, you know, we call it phrasing, um, you know, just like poetics of movement. Um, so I uh, started, um, I think my first introduction to modern jazz, maybe I was 18, I went to a community college and I worked with Karen Stewart and we did gospel jazz and um, um, a lot of gospel works, a lot of um, jazz works, and um, it's called New View Dance Theater. And I, um, so that was kind of like, huh, this is interesting. Um, and then at, I went to, I had a gig at a hotel, it was an industrial, and I met um, this really beautiful man. <laughs> and um, I decided that I knew where he took class and it was near my home. So I was like, I'm gonna go see, I was gonna happen to take class and see if I run into him. So I took my first modern class with my first modern teacher, Barbara Sloan. And um, I was just like, we did all this second position and these tilts and I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like I really loved it and I felt like, I'd felt kind of awkward as a showgirl, never quite fit in. Um, Always a little like just not free to let go into that world, um, but but I did see the guy after class, and um, 
we talked for a moment, but really who I met was Barbara Sloan, and she became my first modern teacher. Um, and she taught me, introduced me to improvisation, and to live music, and to performance art. Um, we worked in this uh, progressive nightclub for like four years, doing character work and improvisation. We improvised in her storefront. Um, like all of a sudden I was like amongst these like great artists. She had a dance company, I joined the company. Um, you know, there was the lighting designer and the company members and Barbara and we all just like communally lived in, in a certain way. Um, and the first time I had to improvise, I locked myself in the bathroom. I'm like, I'm not improvising. You know, she's like, get out of here. And then we, and then I tried it, and it was really, I don't know, so free. Um, so she was like a great, um, that door just opened, and then things started flooding in. I went to the Parsons Dance Festival and um, was just kind of like in awe of everybody there and met some key teachers from Miami, Florida, and decided to start taking classes down at New World School of the Arts. That's where I met Jerry Houlihan and Bambi Anderson and Dale Andre, and I danced with Jerry and her company, and um, I danced with Dale Andre, who did a lot of contact improvisation, and that's when I was introduced to that more formal approach. Um, and uh, then Jerry was uh, on faculty at ADF, and she's like, you should come. And I said, okay. And I was 25 at the time, you know, and just like, the, you know, just being like, oh, anything, yeah. Kind of hungry. Um, I went to ADF and I met Dave Dorfman and I met Daniel Lepkoff and Wendell Beavers. And I think at that point was when my life just like really changed. Um, and my whole idea of what I wanted to do as a dancer um, really shifted and I learned some like, I don't know if you would call it priceless, but like gems of understanding my body from Wendell and Danny. Um, and I um, was in another class, but I left my class for the second three weeks and snuck into David's class. <laughs> totally broke the rules, but it was completely worth it. I, <laughs> I met Lisa Race and um, I just was like, what is this movement? And it just felt like I didn't get it right away, but I felt like my body just knew um, that I had to learn it. So I went home and, you know, Dale Andre, she always brought different guests and different ideas for us to work with. She's like, teach us everything you learned. And so I taught them everything Danny and Wendell had taught me and I started integrating it into my technique classes. Um, with my ballet teachers, because I was taking ballet, and um, just, uh, I don't know, I just, uh, things started opening, and then I went back again the next summer and took David's class, formally registered for it, and Doug Elkins, um, and we did capoeira, like, to all hours of the night, and just learning all these, like, breaking moves, and then David, and then Danny again, and um, worked with Shin Wei my first summer, and um, was in his his uh, international choreographer's piece um, at the festival at ADF. Um, then went back a third summer, and Danny asked me to be his assistant. But meanwhile, I had gone to New York City to audition for David. Jerry got a phone call, 
David's like, you know, I'd, I'd love it if Jen could come. And she's like, she really took care of me. She's like, okay, as long as you pay for it, you know, and fly her there. And so I went to New York for the first time and met his company, auditioned, and um, it was like an eight-hour audition, and I couldn't walk for like two days. But his dancers, I was just like, oh my god, you know, I had no intention of moving to New York. And I was like, I don't need New York. Miami is amazing, and I was like, I need to move to New York. Um, I didn't get into the company at the time, but um, I went back to ADF and Danny had asked me to be his assistant that summer and we performed together and um, he's like, you know, Jen, if you want to move to New York, like, if it's helpful, you can work with me, we'll make work, you know, we'll improvise, there's some, you know, ways to perform and I was like, okay. So I moved to, saved some money, got a job serving a soft serve ice cream and, and on, on a jungle cruise and cleaned houses and worked at a dance studio, the one I grew up in, and saved as much money as I could. I moved to the city and um, yeah, Danny and I performed and I started working with Lisa Race, um, who I had met at ADF and knew from David, and um, bartended and had a good time. And then about a, almost a year later, David asked me to understudy um, and for, for a season at the Joyce, and I said okay, of course. And I hung out with the company and learned Lisa's roles and um, David's roles. And I, we were, they were performing at one point. I was like, David, please, 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 please. Just one night can I do your role in this piece? He said, okay. So I got to do his role in the piece and, um, you know, overdid it, of course. And, came out of the show like all scratched and black and blue from like giving it way too much energy but it was like I was so happy he let me do it um, and then I was part of a process I came once a week to learn a new piece and then finally entered into the company um, still understudying um, other people's roles but also making a new work and then eventually I was just in David's company um, and I danced with David for eight years and you know I think that's when I started teaching more in the city so I should have said this I back in the studios and when I was growing up you became a student teacher so you would be in the studio with your teacher and you'd be demonstrating so I think I started teaching when I was 10 and um, you know I was always demonstrating and then I started teaching kids I started teaching like adult beginner tap, which was my favorite class to teach. And then I demonstrated for my Luigi jazz teacher and went in the studio with her to figure out combinations. Um, you know, and I think like uh, those teachers taught me um, that, that really the technique of it was really important, you know, being a teacher and taking that seriously and, it, and like really taking care of like the responsibility of teaching pure forms. Um, so I kind of had that under my belt. And when I started teaching, and I mean that idea under my belt, not the act of doing it. Um, in New York, you know, I was like, okay, I have this opportunity to teach. I'm like, I really want to teach people how to dance with people like David and Lisa and um, how to understand their bodies. So when they're asked to do something, it's not, this foreign thing or so my whole goal was to open be teach teach how to be open to ideas I'm not necessarily teach a technique and this is the way it is and you know 
Um, so I did a lot of improvising in my classes, and then I just love phrase work, so we'd always do a big, long combination. Um, and for the first few years I taught in New York, Michael Wall, this amazing musician, we would do it together. So he, you know, it was just kind of, in some ways, like a big party. And I was young, and um, you know, it was just moving, 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 and you know, I felt like I really had a point. But um, after about three years, four years of teaching one of my students who was pretty um, consistent in my class, she's like, you know, Jen, we just want. I think we're really craving to really understand how you move and like. Like, you know, it's fun, the classes are fun, we're getting an experience, but we're not learning how you, how to dance. Maybe not necessarily like you, but how you're thinking about dance, we're not understanding it, and we want more. And I said, okay. I was like, you know, really grateful, and part of me was like, oh, I failed, you know, as a teacher. I was like, you know, screw that, like, let's get on it. So I started to really break down how I was thinking and the things I learned from Danny and still you still letting it be an experience but um, really realizing I needed to um, like kind of codify it in a certain way or be more detailed and slow down the exercises and like make it simpler and like now we're just gonna stand here now we're gonna take a step forward and how does that you know connect to our center because the center became a really important um, idea for me um, working with Danny and working with Wendell and the weight in the body um, and the, you know, the whole, I haven't formally taken body-mind centering but Wendell worked a lot with developmental movement body-mind centering and then Danny worked a lot with the center resistance touch and the almost, um, you know, the how a push travels through the body. Um, so I started to kind of um, become more detailed in that approach. Um, and I started to get really interested in my feet and the bottoms of my feet and the floor. And I, and I think I, um, some years after I started teaching, I went back and took a workshop with Danny and we uh, sort of lift, we would, lift books or chairs or whatever, but it had to come from the ground, through the feet, through the structure of the body. And I think that was a real profound for me um, in understanding how everything comes from the floor. For a while, that's what I thought. Um, so, I, so I started trying to figure out this technique of um, how we feel the floor, and my first initial thing was, well, my feet are on the floor, so I must feel it that way. And then how to, remembering watching Janine Durning dance um, when I f first uh, started dancing with David and watching her feet and how they would work on the floor and always ever changing. And um, so I started developing a way to move through the heels, the middle, the ball, and the toes, um, and how our weight is always transferring through our feet so that we're always able to know where we are at any given moment and not be thrown by being off our leg. Um, and then that, you know, started traveling. It just, it just accumulated in how that works up through the leg and then how that works up through the abdominals and how the abdominals and how the psoas and how there's a higher leg and, 
you know, really remembering all those things I heard when I was younger and take class, get on your leg, and why we would wear the belts on our waist, and why would we wear those stupid belts on our waist? And I'm like, I think there was a reason, but we, none of us knew what it was. I just made that up, you know, I, mean, I don't know, sounds seemed good. Um, and just try to, to uh, I don't know, get really inspired by that. Um, and then I left David's company um, and worked with Martha Clark for a year, more dance theater, and she revived her Garden of Earthly Delights, and I was part of that, and it was, we did flying, and just kind of took a departure from teaching, but started taking yoga. I was like, I said, I'm never taking yoga. Like, I'm not falling for that crap, like everyone, and then I fell for the crap, <laughs> until I got um, very interested in you know, uh, just the ideas and the Dharma, and because I went to a space where they did a lot of talking and meditating, and um, you know, and it made me recall while I was a younger dancer, I was really interested in Don Juan and um, you know, Carlos Castaneda and the whole like spirit world, and um, you know, and I felt like Dale Andre, who I worked with, we really touched into that spirit world in another realm of ourselves. So, um, and I felt like I had kind of let that go. And there was something that was starting to bubble. And I was like, gosh, I feel like I'm 24 again. Like something's changing. Um, and I, uh, you know, and that's when I, I started to go a little deeper into the footwork and um, a little deeper into the yoga and started kind of trying to think and ponder a little bit and get a little quiet. And then I joined Bill T. Jones. Um, Janet Wong um, asked if I'd be interested in joining the company because Leah Cox was leaving and I was like, yes. Um, you know, I have a daughter and she was four, so it was getting a little tricky. Like, how are we gonna make this work? And Mika, um, her dad, Paul Madison, had been with the company for a year. Um, and we were about to tour all together. And, uh, you know, joining Bill's company um, was just part of that feeling 24 again and feeling that there was this whole new thing to learn. And there was, like, now I was in this technique company, a company that was highly technical. And it was, but there was everything I had learned from David, like being human, being real being vulnerable on stage, which Bill really wants. And then there's a whole other side, like I remember Bill being like, Jennifer, you need to work on your feet. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, he'd really get on me, like my hands and my feet and, you know, like getting on top of my leg and knowing that this technical, some of the pieces were gonna really challenge me. And um, I was so excited for the challenge and so excited to be given a chance to learn a new way of moving um, and I felt like you know we we got to do um, uh, Bill and Arnie's work um, so Paul and I did two of Bill and Arnie's duets and I was just felt like it was like a gift that was given to me um, to be able to do that work and um, I don't know everything again started opening up and I was 
like, oh my gosh, I'm just having this amazing experience and I'm, um, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be um, in the world. And then taking my work with Bill and my work with David and the idea that a lot of people come to my class in, in New York when I would teach and the responsibility that I had as a teacher to not just give a class, um, but to still give an experience, but to try to teach what I'm thinking in my body. But then I had another set of um, uh, ideas to teach, like, okay, so we have, you know, this world of David and Lisa and, um, you know, f athletic approaches, and then we have this world of Bill and a technical approach and, you know, and meshing these two together and realizing how versatile we need to be as dancers and how like brave and um, especially as women, how like I think I went through a long period of time was like make a fool of yourself, like, like just go for it, you know, like I think that's really important for us to know. Um, I taught at Bennington College um, back in like 2006 and I we had a class of eight women and one man and you know they really what they wanted that semester was like boot camp like we want to get technical we want to work hard and you know and the guy kind of came and went when he wanted and you know kind of got flat you know ha 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 oh, he's so good and I was like you know guys do you see that what's happening I'm like okay that's what we're gonna do so for I was there for seven weeks seven weeks we decided we were guys and we didn't care about all these perfections that had been put on us or the, or the, the idea that we had to be perfect or a certain way. We just went for it and um, let ourselves have that freedom. And we used, we used a gender to approach it. And I don't know if that was really appropriate or if this should be in the interview, <laughs> but it was interesting, you know? It was really interesting to be like, you know what? Like, why do we, why can't we go for it? And you know, make mistakes, you know, and I felt like even dancing with Bill, like I was way out of my league and it was like the second week of rehearsal and I was taking the place of this woman who's like totally ballet trained and like had a solo in the piece and like I was just like, I'm <laughs> just way in over my head here and I was like, well, all you can do is go for it and I went for it and like, in some ways, failed the task of being um, really on top of it and like boom, but succeeded in the energy that it needed. And um, you know, I, and it was good that I had done that. And I felt like, yeah, you know, you can always work on, okay, turn out a little more, like get your leg a little higher, but like, you know, you have, there's something about just putting yourself out there and letting someone direct you to refinement is um, really um, good to know, good to be able to do. It's like, it's always, always um, good to show yourself and exactly who you are in the midst of like, maybe, you know, they might not like you or you might fail 
or you know, and it's something I have to remind myself all the time because um, you know I don't want to fail. <laughs> like, but there was something interesting about understanding failure and um, realizing how important it is. Like really, we always say it, you know, like oh you have to fail, but it's actually you really have to fail um, and feel that what it feels like. And um, so I don't know. I just realized in, in teaching. Um, that I, that I needed to understand that and portray that. And now, as I'm teaching, I, I realize, you know, just today, I realized, well, yesterday, one of my students like, Jen, can we do it on the left? And I was like, yeah, okay. I was like, well, I love when my students tell me stuff like that because I'm not perfect. I'm not a perfect teacher. And I was like, yes, and we ended up making this fun phrase. Like, I was like, of course we can't just do right and left. That would drive me a little nuts. So I had to do it in my own way. Um, and I, uh, I, so we did it right and left all at the same time. You know, so we were like right and left and right and left. And it was the most fun phrase, and I really thanked her for, for offering that to me. But it also made me think, like, you know, f teaching in the university, and, um, you know, I taught a level two class this summer at ADF, and I was like, cool. Okay, like you have your con conceptual dance, you know, and you have your these concepts of weight and these um, really subtle body ideas. Um, but sometimes you also need facility to be able to feel that, you know, and go deeper into your range. And so I think I'm really questioning now, like what I can do to, um, like how if I were responsible for training a dancer in a university setting, like from year one to year four, like what would that look like? And I feel like I'm not quite sure how I would do that. Um, you know, just like I battle with, should we just do technique or should we just improvise? And one day improvisation is really important and the other day technique is really important. And then some days I'm like, well, why, why are we doing the taunt? Like, what does it even mean? Um, so I'm always battling with that and now I feel like then I have to ask the bigger question, like, how would I train a dancer? And um, I don't know, you know, like, doing right and left, like, we have to do jumps, we have to, like, there's so many things to know. And like, right, and what I've become somewhat good at is opening up a dancer, but I don't know if I'm, if I'm you know, have what it takes to train a dancer and I think I'd like to work on that um, for as my next project you know um, and then what does that even mean <laughs> like <laughs> train them for what and I know train them for Bill train them for David yeah I can I can start there um, so yeah it's yeah. interesting um, and I'll just say, because I didn't really mention it, you know, my, my daughter, not that she has, uh, it's just, you know, having a child and doing it all. And um, I remember when I first moved to New York, this busboy is like, Joe, what do you want to do? You're a dancer. What are you, you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to do it all. Like, I'm going to get married or I'm going to have a partner. I'm going to have a family. I'm going to have a house. I'm going to dance. I'm going to tour. He's like, impossible. I was like, no, it's not. That's exactly what I'm going to do at all. 
And I think, you know, the juggling of relationships and, and child and has been like so fun. Like I just, um, you know, being on tour with Mika for six weeks in Europe was like the best experience I could ever imagine. I think I've become a better dancer because I've had to really work hard to do that. Um, so I just wanted to say that. Well, I didn't mention, I just started working with this woman, Patty Townsend, who does body yoga in Amherst. And when I visited Amherst, I took her class. Paul Madison was like, you're gonna love her class. She's just like you. And I took her class and I was like, oh, she says all the things I say. And then when I moved back, I knew she was gonna be my teacher. And I've started to take um, these body-mind centering modules, finally, um, something I want to do. And it is paralleled with yoga, but we do do a lot of exploring. And I used to call it under curve, but I think that really confused students as to what we do in technique class. So the undercurrent is, um, you know, I'm learning slowly how the bottoms of the feet are, and the feet are related to the pelvis. And the undercurrent meaning, um, so right now what it's meaning is in the back of the foot, um, the undercurrent moves from the heel, the, the center of the heel, and it doesn't go to the outside of the foot, but it leans towards the outside of the foot. And then we, and that, we're thinking of the top of the sacrum, the rim of the sacrum, and the pelvis and how it goes around the outside of the pelvis but then we zip our energy to the sitting bones and the pelvic floor which relates so it goes around around towards the outside but then we zip to the sitting bones and the pelvic floor to connect to the sole of the feet and then we take that energy out and we move it through the second toe and then we zip it to the big toe and we move it up the center of the leg that's the undercurrent and um, it happens repetitively. And we're not, I'm not asking my students to lean back on their heels or to lean forward on their metatarsals. I'm asking them just to see if they can't constantly ebb and flow through these places in the body so that there's a circle happening and a curve happening. Um, and at any point we'll know where we could drop our weight into, whether it be forward or middle or back or sides and we so the undercurrent the undercurrent is the transition of weight through the bottom of the foot and then we add all these other things to that whether it be lifting or dropping but that's the undercurrent and I hope it's I think it's I think it's going okay I check in with Patty and she's like that sounds yeah you can do that most always start with this um, this, the undercurrent, the filling the lungs, the arms, the openings of the feet, pelvic floor, armpits, side of the neck, top of the head. We, we try to start that way as like a, sometimes I like to, I've been thinking of it like a tuning. So we're trying to, the idea is to tune our body to get it, um, so we're really noticing all the ups and downs and um, fine tuning the subtle body. Um, and, and then I uh, tend to, you know, I, I do tend to structure my class because it's a technique class. I try to make it seem like it's a technique class um, by doing things that happen, you know, in that order. Um, so then we'll do a swing, and, but we're working on dropping then the weight and moving it through the spine 
Um, I think a lot about um, spines of the spine, spine of the arm, spine of the foot, spine of the leg, and trying to really find all these ways to start dropping and moving our weight up and down so we're getting ready to move faster. And then this, this three weeks I've been, um, we have a, we have a tendu combination that directly relates to um, this other combination that we do in the tuning section of class. So then we um, try to move through these things and do them slow, but then do them fast so we can practice how to quickly fire our tuning. Um, so we do that. Um, and, then, and then sometimes I just, I love the idea. I think I've always wanted to be a ballerina. So I tried now, I'm really interested in like technique as a sense of um, what could you, um, could you pretend, you know, to be technical. So we do these things where we, we play, but then we turn and we coupe our foot, but then we arc over um, and we come up on one leg, you know. We, so we try to uh, do some, for me, what, how I'm thinking about it is um, just a way to get dancing and a way to play around with these technical ideas. And I think from the beginning to the end of class, and the way I, I mean, sometimes we stop and I give counts, but what's beautiful about working with a musician is, um, you know, from the moment we start, often we can go for the first 40 minutes of class and we never have to stop because we've built this um, series that, and then we can, I can just keep adding and then the musician can keep playing and then we can, I can talk and we can keep adding. Um, but the idea is to, that we're always dancing, you know, we're always, it's not like now we're going to warm up and then we're going to dance, but the idea is that, um, how to always be, maybe not really performing, but maybe performing, you know, in a certain way, being present in the body and having that, you know, noticing the experience. Um, and, you know, I think that really um, helps uh, um, give a sense of longevity. You know, we are going to be dancing, most of us, for a really long time. So we start the class and we have this whole dancing experience. Um, so, so I do tend to try to get us moving, even when we're working on technique. And, and um, you know, I do like to try to take the tuning and apply it to technical situations and like you see how this could work and where your body is and if you look up through your eyes and you see how this applies to situations that are really difficult so we work on that and then we always do a phrase you know and sometimes I'll see an individual but I'll give the note to the whole class because I, I feel like sometimes I know I need to work on that so we must all have to work on it um, sometimes I just see the class as a whole like if we're swinging and I can just sense the energy and like that their room's not moving. So I feel like I'm able to address um, the group as a whole. And then, you know, sometimes I do try to, and I try to pick a different student, especially in these situations, like, you know, really focus in on that student and then try to make sure everyone's taking the note and then I'll focus in on this student or two students at a time just to give, um, for me to practice, being able to see and pick out different students um, as a way to practice and giving notes you know I think it's a good practice for me as a teacher and I think also like although um, you know I think every notice for everyone I think sometimes it's good to really just hone in on one person and 
um, give them an opportunity to uh, get it. And there's just one woman in my class um, in my third period who just like all of a sudden, it was just like she got something. And now every single thing she does is different. And I'm just so excited. And it's because I kind of harped on her. I was like, dah, 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 dah. and then it was, it was, it paid off. So yeah, that's good. <laughs> so this is my third summer working with Jesse Mono. You know, I think when I, my first summer, you know, he really taught me how to um, think rhythmically, um, to un try to understand the rhythm of the class as a whole and then just even understanding the rhythm of a phrase I was doing. Um, you know, I love working with him. Um, I did a lot of belly dancing when I was growing up and I just have always loved Middle Eastern Turkish sounds. Um, and so I, when we were gonna work together the first year, I was like, oh, yay. Um, I think like what's great with working with Jesse is his like intricate um, rhythms that we can uh, start to learn about how intricate our insides are and then he's so supportive with whatever um, he listens to what I'm saying and then I ask them to feel a certain thing in their body like yesterday we we're talking about the 16th notes in the body and how on the outside we appear calm but on the inside there's so much going on and then he just riffed off this thing and it was like exactly what they needed to feel so I really appreciate that we that there's a listening and um, one point I asked him to drop out of a section so that they could find their own rhythm and then we got to talk about why that worked and um, how it helped the class so there's a real dialogue with Jesse and um, you know sometimes it's intimidating because I'm like I'm talking to a musician, like, I don't know. <laughs> and, but he's really open and sweet um, with that. And I'm working with Adam Crawley. And um, he actually is good friends and kind of a colleague of, or, of Michael Wall. So it's interesting to have that exchange with him, um, having worked with Michael for so long. Um, you know, and I, I love electronic music. I, I love the... Um, that said, you know, the Jesse, like, he's like, you love the acoustic house. And, and I do because, like, he does all that stuff from his body and his mouth and his instruments. And then, so, um, which is astounding. And then Adam, you know, we, I love that it's like that ambient, that low bass that he can drop from his, um, you know, files. And then on top of it, his like layering of his you know French horn and um, his uh, conch shell, I think it's called. And you know we're just getting to know each other. But there's something I love. I grew up in the clubs, and um, you know I just love, love, love that kind of um, uh, mind-altering sensibility that comes from my generation of, you know, drum and bass and um, uh, electronica. So I think there's something about that that speaks to me in a very personal way um, of my own history as a person, which I really love working with Adam. And yesterday we did a drum and bass 
and I kept asking him to go faster and faster and faster. And I, you know, I find that drum and bass and classical music to me are are quite um, as I'm as passionate about each each of them because they're just so filled with so many different rhythms um, that you can follow and be taken by. I love that we work with one musician. And it seems like there's a um, an, an unsaid um, offering or expectation to go deep right away and to go slow. And I don't know if it's because the festival is kind of laid back, um, but there's like I think when people come to the class, they they want you to lay out the groundwork and then build upon it was my, my guess. Um, you know, I think uh, I teach in the city at Movement Research and that it feels like there's that same expectation there. Um, so I think there's a real asking to explore. I think everywhere you teach, there's an asking, asking to explore and um, go deep. But um, as a teacher, sometimes I get uh, um, whisked away with the energy and I forget to go slow and do my own thing um, and here it's nice to know that that's what I have to do so that's good yeah, <laughs> yeah I would never pass up the opportunity to teach at the Bates Dance Festival um, it's just that some you know there's some opportunities you just don't say no to I guess um, I mean unless you're touring or you can't but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a sweet place to teach in Bates. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I mean, it's just so much fun here. And I don't think it's like I've decided to teach at Bates. I think Laura gave me the opportunity to teach at Bates, actually, because I think she's really, um, you know, has a real profound vision of teachers, musicians, and um, you know, her curation of each summer is, is really smart. And um, so it's an honor. <laughs> I, I guess I, I would hope my class is um, a personal experience. Um, I hope that, I try to, try to remind the students that what they get out of the class is theirs. Um, and it, everyone will get something different out of the class, but it's theirs to name and codify and call something. Um, and I hope that my class is just a, a door for um, understanding their bodies in a, in a different way or a more profound way than they already are. Um, and. You know, I think my class is an exchange. It's really an exchange between myself and the student. And, you know, I just love teaching. And I love uh, that we get to do that together. If you would like to study with Jennifer this summer and many other dancing artists, registration is now open for the professional training program that will be held July 19th through August 9th at the Bates College campus. PTP is rigorous training 
with a supportive artistic community for ages 18 and up. Students may enroll in one, two, or three-week programs. You can design your course schedule to meet your needs. Scholarships and work-study positions are available. Applications are due April 1st. To see the full brochure, visit BatesDanceFestival.org. The Inside Dance Podcast is now available to be heard on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Please subscribe so you can get the latest episodes, which are released every other week. Editing for this podcast was done by myself, Lindsay LaPointe. Music featured was by Jesse Motto.